and welcome to About This Writing Thing, a weekly podcast about living the writing life. I am your host, Sayward Bieler, writer, podcaster, and line editor. Today, I'm talking a little bit about where I am in revisions with my work in progress, some exciting things I have upcoming, and the state of the publishing industry. It is important to note that I am not traditionally published at this time. I've published a number of titles independently, but my experience with the traditional publishing world is limited to relayed information from published authors I know and articles that I read online and in print. As many of you who listen to this program regularly know, I've been working on what I hope will be my debut novel for quite some time. I finished the first draft in January of this year and have been struggling in the land of revisions ever since. (laughs) Not because it has been particularly hard revising this book, but because one, it doesn't really fit the genre I originally thought it did, which is women's fiction, and two, it was a little too easy or it felt a little too easy revising. Usually I agonize over the second draft, but I'm now on the third draft, and until recently I still felt like I was missing something, but the main thing that I agonized over with the second draft was my word count, because my, if you write women's fiction, the typical word count is about 80,000 words. So when I finished the first draft, I had about 56,000 words, which is a far cry from 80,000 words. So with work through my critique partners and work with my mentor, I have gone through my second draft. I'm on my third draft. I actually did my second draft on my own. So I finished the first draft, put it away for about a month and a half. Then I came back to it. I went through the second draft really quickly and I still felt like, okay, there's something that I'm missing in here. Something I'm overlooking this. I can't, I can't be finished because when I finished my second draft, I was at 57,000 words. So I'm on my third draft. I've been on my third draft for about, I've been on my third draft since July. And I haven't been working on it every single day because if if I had been working on it every single day, I'd be finished, honestly. But for a long time, I, I just couldn't figure out what it was I was missing. Then I read Chuck Palahniuk's Lit Reactor article. I can't remember what year it was from, but it was about eliminating thought verbs. And you guys might remember I did episode three of about this writing thing after reading Chuck Palahniuk's article. And basically what he says is, take out all your feel words, go where your feel words are, unpack. And and (laughs) that's one of those terms that you really start to say, oh my gosh, just don't say unpack to me again. But you go in, you look at those those thought verbs and you unpack them to make your scene more active, first of all, but also It gets deeper into the action that the character is doing. So instead of just saying they felt heartbroken, you unpack that and and you really dig in and just elaborate on how the character is feeling, not by saying they feel this way, but by giving examples of how they feel this way. And he gives some really wonderful examples in his article, which I will try to remember to link to this episode. (laughs) Well, not to this episode, but I'll include the link below. So after reading Chuck Palahniuk's article, I realized that 
I already knew because it is a first person narrative, first person present tense. I already knew that I had some thought verbs in there that I needed to address and take out so that I could really make the story feel more authentic. The really great thing about removing those thought verbs to make it feel more authentic is that I also added wordage. So I went from 57,000 words in this uh, from the second draft. Now I'm at 62 or 63. That still doesn't solve my 80,000 word count problem, but as I mentioned before, I don't think this book is exactly women's fiction. Yes, it's a story about a woman. Yes, it's a story about the relationships of women, but it tends to be closer to upmarket and maybe even, no, I don't want to go that far. Oh, I always hope to be a little bit literary, but I never want to go so far as to say this, this, this thing that I wrote is literary fiction. So instead of it being women's fiction, it is more upmarket. And I, I think that I have a little bit of flexibility with the word counts. So I'm not stressing as much about word count. Now I'm just trying to go through and fix three scenes that need to be fixed. And then after I fix those three scenes, I'm finally finished with draft number three. This doesn't mean that there will not be additional edits, <laughs> but it does mean that for right now, I am putting this baby to bed and then once I go through the querying process and hopefully obtain an agent to listen to me being one of those hopeful, hopeful dreamer writers. But anyway, hopefully I'll get an agent because it it's worth it. And hopefully the agent will be able to sell it. And then we can, you know, whatever the publisher wants to look at or, or whoever. I'm not familiar enough with traditional publishing, but from what I do know, I expect to have more edits before the book is published. So you're getting to see a little bit of the young writer who I thought I killed a long time ago, who was still capable of hope in this devastatingly cruel business of writing. And it is cruel, guys. If, if you're not aware, be prepared. There will be days that it feels like there is no point in what you do. So why the hell do you do it? But today is not one of those days. Not for me anyway. Hopefully not for you. This week is not one of those weeks <laughs> for me and hopefully not for you. During this draft, during this third draft, because I am on my third draft, during this draft I added two new chapters, one of which is fraught with conflict as my main character finally figures out some of the answers she's been subconsciously seeking. It's a soul-searching, relationship-salvaging, closing-the-door-on-the-past chapter that I was so proud of when I finished this chapter. And this is third draft, right? So by this point, I'm not exactly sick of the story because I do love the story so much. But, you know, every writer knows that we have to read our stories so, it, the ones of us who are trying to do it right, we have to read our stories so many times that by the end, we're kind of like the one-hit wonder singers that have been singing the same song for 40 years. You just never want to 
sing the song again. Maybe you do if you like money that much. <laughs> I don't know. But I imagine I would get really, really, really sick of singing the same song for 40 years. And I get really, really, really sick of reading the same story over and over and over again. But that's the job and you have to do it. So draft three, I say again, sorry guys. I'm adding these chapters. I'm super excited. I send it off to my mentor. She sends it back and she says, okay, I like what you've done with the relationships between your main character and her mother and sister. I like that part, but there's this part that just doesn't feel quite there yet. And that's okay, because I have time, no deadline here. So today I'm trying to figure out exactly how to fix this issue that she's talking to me about so that I can definitely come on next week and say, guys, I'm done. I'm done with draft three. <laughs> won't that be exciting? <laughs> and then maybe you won't have to hear me talk about this particular book. Not that I've beaten you over the head with it, but hopefully, I don't know. I have a whole lot of hope right now because I'm really excited because I'm at that point in the process where it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've done this. I've done this thing. I'm done for now. Because you never want to say you're totally done until the book is published. Then you're totally done. Or you should be. But that's another day. <laughs> so I'm really excited right now. I don't know if you can tell. But I am super excited. I've created babies that I don't have to raise for 18 years. <laughs> and beyond. <laughs> I've created these wonderfully complicated, maybe not 100% likable human beings that I'm one step closer to being able to share with the world. And that, my friends, is why we do this. Well, that's why I do it. I don't know why you do it. Everybody has their own reasons. Some people say, oh, because when I wake up, it's all I want to do. I do this for the freaking rush and because one day I hope to make money. I love, love, love this part of it. When you finally see. It's like when you have children of your own, which I do. And they are going into their adulthood. And they make their first big adult decision. It's like, this is everything that you've worked for. Everything that you put all those years. And your sweat and your tears. And just all of that stuff into. And now... Now it's making its own decisions. It's it's taking its own steps. And it's just this beautiful thing. So that's where I am. Super duper excited. Even though I wasn't super excited when I received the email back on, on the new chapter. I was so excited when I sent it in. And I was like, oh my gosh, I almost cried three times when I was writing it, blah, blah, blah. And then I get the email back. And it's like, oh, no, sorry, I didn't love it. But I did like this part. You know how it goes. I'm still over the moon, though. I'm almost there. There's still a way to go. But I am one fantastic leap closer to being finished with this darling, darling, devastating book that I can send out into the world and hopefully devastate others. That's all we really want. Oh, that's all I really want. <laughs> so I've gone on about this enough, I think. Now let's do some announcements. I'm super excited to tell you that I am launching a literary magazine. 
I know, I know, it's crazy, right? Especially with readership down, people don't appreciate short stories the way they used to, but that's okay, because I'm going to try it. I mean, that's all we can do in this life, is try things, and I want to try to help other writers have their voices heard. So, I am launching a magazine in March of 2020, and it is called Ain't Them Words. Yes, it is a literary magazine. We, um, well, I say we, but Ain't Them Words will not limit itself to one form of fiction. By that I mean, all genres of fiction should be embraced. I, I can't stand this, and even though I used to have the same frame of mind, anybody who knew me in 2013 will tell you I was a literary snob. Even my friends who I used to be in book club with in 2010 will tell you I used to be a literary snob. But with growth comes understanding and comes appreciation for different kinds of things. And we have some really fantastic writers that are writing in the horror genre, the fantasy genre, the mystery genre, the romance genre. I mean, why can't we embrace all genres? Why, as lovers of fiction, are we limiting ourselves. It's true. I don't read very much fantasy at all or science fiction, but good fiction transcends. And I feel confident that I'm going to be able to find some really good science fiction and fantasy to include in my magazine. The window for submissions will be open December 1st. I will be able to give you guys all of the details later on this month because we're still working to get everything put in line so that when the window opens in December, we hopefully won't have very many hiccups. <laughs> so that's my huge announcement. I am launching a literary magazine called Ain't Them Words in March of 2020. It will be quarterly, so there will be about four issues every year. And that's all I've got for you <laughs> on that front. <laughs> I was going to go on and talk about the state of the publishing industry. There was an agent yesterday on Twitter, and by yesterday I mean November the 4th. She shared an article about the publishing industry. And as I read this article, <laughs> I just grew more and more depressed. Because what it was is the publishing houses are understanding that. They have painted themselves into a corner, essentially, because they're only spending money on the big names that are already selling books. So they keep funneling more and more money into these big names, and they don't have as much money to put into the smaller authors, the ones who are, goodness forbid, mention it, mid-listers. And the way that it used to be, from what I can understand from this article, is the whole point of the mid-list was, okay, the publishing house has their big names, and then they would try to bring their mid-listers up out of the mid-list, obviously, by spending the, the promotional dollars on those authors as well. Well, because they're spending so much money on authors that already sell books, I mean, all Stephen King has to do is cough on a book, and it sells, right? As long as it's got his name on it. So they're pumping money into their bigger names because their bigger names they know are going to bring money in. I think it's just like what I perceive the movie industry to be because, of course, I'm not an insider in there. But, I mean, why all these reboots? Not that I'm complaining about some of them because I am 
quite enjoying the Charmed reboot, but why reboot all of these movies, these classic movies, these really great movies, over and over and over again, when there are so many wonderful scripts that are being written every single day? Well, we all know it's money. It all comes down to money. So what I, sorry for the horn, guys, it's my neighbor. <laughs> what I have a really hard time understanding is why big publishing houses want to put all of their money in one basket, so to speak. And that may be a cliche, and I don't really care. You've got your people who make the money. The people who all you have to do is slap their name on something and it sells 100,000 copies. So why then do you, and I'm, I don't know, this is me asking, why then do you continue to pump money into those names that you know are already going to make you money, right? Why not focus on your smaller authors so that you can up their popularity so they can make you money too? The most depressing thing about this article was the last line. And I'm going to link the article below. Um, I'm going to link the article in the description below. The last line is that basically there are two types of the mid-list is disappearing, right? So the last line is you're either a super bestseller or you're a bestseller. So now you get published, you get your book out there, you sell less than 10,000 copies, you're a flop. I don't think you're going to get another book deal from that publisher, right, according to this article. If you sell more than 10000 they base it on different tiers of numbers. So this agent, she made a really great point that really what this article is, is publishers are finally starting to understand that they basically shot themselves in the foot, right? <laughs> that they need to do something or they will be obsolete. And I think she's right on. I still think that the article is super depressing, <laughs> but I'd love for you to read it and give me your take because sometimes I can be a little pessimistic, especially if it's not what I want to hear. You know, here I am working my ass off to get into this traditional field of publishing, but what if it's all for nothing? What if my book sells less than 10,000 copies? It's a good book. I know it's a good book, not because I wrote it. <laughs> Although I'd love to be that egotistical. Not really. That would make me very unlikable. But I know it's a good book. But now I have this fear of still not being good enough. I want to be good enough to be published by a traditional publisher. But then what if I'm not good enough for the public to embrace me? Those are the things that, you know, when I lay down to go to sleep at night, I'm just like, why do I do this again? I was never good at popularity contests. <laughs> My social media accounts will show you that I'm not good at popularity contests. And yet, here, here we are. Every single one of us authors, we are in a popularity contest if we want to make money. And that sucks. Sucks hard. <laughs> and I'm really sorry to bring you down if I have. I'm still super psyched that I'm almost finished with my book. I'm actually researching it. I'm, I'm recording this a little bit later than I intended because I've been lost in research land for the last four hours. I'm researching my next novel, which is a historical set in the 50s, and I'm planning a research trip while I'm also trying to research. So 
I'm a little bit late recording this. It's still going to go up on Wednesday, so I'm still going to be back on schedule. Woo! I don't know. I've lost my point now. I, all I'm saying is I'm not coming down from this high until I start getting my rejections. Then I'm going to then I'm going to be devastated and I'll still be querying because that's what you have to do, but I'll still be crying every time I get a rejection. <laughs> okay. I've talked long enough. I thank you for joining me. I thank you for sticking around. I hope that you have a wonderful week. Happy writing, and I'll see you again soon. Bye.